He needs six more. <laughs> Ty, Dryden, McKay, and there's six more games left in the year. <laughs> if, if he can go six games straight with shutouts, uh, yeah. uh, that, uh, yep. I think the yep. chances of that are pretty low there, Dustin. <laughs> oh, but wouldn't that be sweet? That would... I, if, if I need we to shut out our way to a, if we shut out our way to a national title, I'll eat this hat I'm wearing. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the ketchup to Boston hey, or if, to Tampa. If, I, if you need to bring ketchup, I'm still a happy person. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA, with your host Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath. Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Uh, welcome to episode 24 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded in the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Uh, this week, following the W or the CCHA quarterfinals, uh, we decided to reach out to the CCHA, uh, the man covering the CCHA for Flow Hockey, uh, Tim Rapley. Thanks for joining us, Tim. Glad to be here, guys. Uh, this week, we'll discuss the CCHA quarterfinals preview, Michigan Tech semifinal with Northern Michigan. Um, kind of talk about the pairwise and everything again. Uh, uh, Suzanne, who kind of predicted this would come uh, covertly, uh, we will definitely discuss the Wisconsin job opening up today with uh, with the firing of uh, Granado at Wisconsin. So we'll we'll definitely talk about that too. Um, one thing I want to say before we go to commercial, and I should have pulled this up before I did this, is we have four new patrons this week. And I want to give them props here right at the beginning. Boston signed up. He's a very heavy contributor on the Discord at the black level. And then we got Diane Larson and Glenn Austin, who both signed up for a year at the white level. And then Kevin B. Hart signed up at the gold level. All right like after the, the... The Kevin Hart? No, Kevin B. Hart. <laughs> I wish it was Kevin Kevin Hart, you know, the, the comedian. But it's clearly not. It's some white guy in glasses that I looked up to try and figure out. <laughs> who he is uh, and what his connection is to Michigan tech, or if he just really wanted to hear Don Lucia's comments earlier than everybody else. So uh, thanks to all four of you for signing up. We really appreciate it. If you want to help support us and join our Patreon, go to uh, tech uh, patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. And uh, so we'll be right back uh, after we listen to some thank you notes and, and our sponsor. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. 
If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. All right, welcome back. Uh, lots of predictions last week by a lot of different people that the CCHA playoffs would have a bunch of game threes. Um, somebody set the over-under at two and a half. Dustin and I both took the under. I think, I don't know how much we talked about it on the podcast itself last week, but I think we all, I think it kind of went the way we thought it would. We figured one series would go three games, but not anywhere close to all of them. And yes, there were a bunch of close games. That's the way they are, but it kind of went the way we expected. I don't think I would have necessarily expected Fair State to get a sweep, especially at back-to-back overtime wins, but kind of cool to see that. I'm happy for Harrison that he gets another trip to Mankato. They just don't want to let Harrison go. (laughs) Yeah, he... uh... He's actually kind of excited about this trip because it sounds like they're getting to fly to Mankato this this time instead of busing. So that's cool for him. And and uh, and it will be quite exciting if we can get a uh, all dogs championship game with Ferris having to trek up to Houghton one last time for Harrison before he uh, moves on to his his new gig. I don't know if he actually has a gig yet or not, but we, we know he's moving. So. That's, That's kind of cool. Odin is his favorite road trip, so yeah. let's hope he gets to make it one more time. <laughs> yeah, CCHA has got that dog in it. Let's see it happen. So, what were your impressions of the the quarterfinals this weekend, Tim? Um, you know, I only predicted one series to go three games, and that was the Tech series. And right. I think if there wasn't goaltender interference with that four and three power play, I think we would have had a three game series at Tech. And I think. Uh, Coach Sean referred to it in both uh, both his post game interviews that I saw, and uh, I really thought uh, they were going to do it. Four on three is a pretty daunting penalty kill. Yeah, what you what guys know you... what I'm talking about, right? The yep. goaltender we... interference. Yeah. Yep. Um, what were your thoughts on the 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 penalty that took the goal off the board Saturday? Did you get to watch uh, that early? That early major. play. The major penalty that Rico oh, reviewed. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that was a pretty clever call from the St. Thomas bench. Yeah. And you know there was head contact, and it might have been shoulder and head into head, but it dazed the kid, and that's the letter of the law. Uh, but you know the timing of it and yeah. the recent history of it uh, really <laughs> added to the intrigue. My God. Oh yeah. yeah. And, for, and, for once, I I, I was we were. A lot of people, there was a couple guys in the, in our discord that kept a level head about it, but I was definitely pissed. It didn't help that because I was, um, my daughter and I were getting ready to head down to my girlfriend's house. I was watching on my phone. So it's a lot harder to have quality judgments on the play when you're watching a, uh, you know, a one inch player hit another one inch player on your phone versus on the big screen. But I could definitely tell that I had let Suzanne and Joe's frustration get to me and pass judgment on my ability to be objective about the call but it also doesn't help anything because like like Don Lucia said it's so hard to get a goal to have one taken off the board for a play that really had nothing to do with the goal even though yes it's probably a penalty is really hard because like that hit happened yes they probably should get the the five minute major it just really sucks that that happened 
on the same play that led to a goal versus just a random whistle that they would review to get the major instead of taking a goal off the board. Yeah, I thought it was a good call. Like Tim said, the kid was clearly dazed by it. I mean, he didn't look good coming off the hit, and it was definitely to his head. So there's there's no doubt in my mind it was a good five. It, but like you said, it sucks to have it you know be before a uh, a goal that gets scored, so it has to come off the board, right? And then take down the scores next. What a challenge for uh, for Joe and the and the tech bench after the recent history. But uh, yeah. uh, I thought it was good of the uh, the reporting staff in the post game to ask him about it. Said, "Did that go through your mind?" He said, "Absolutely did." And uh, <laughs> happy ending, you know. So well, and the the interesting thing to me watching was uh, you know dur- during that five minute penalty kill, we get a call. To help it not be a full five minute power right. play. And then at some point, I think after that, after either during the four on four or after it's back to five on four, Dirk made some comment about how tech got away with something. So in the back of my mind, I'm not able to watch all that. Part of my mind was like, well, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a, a give back in some way of like, the harshness of that call you know i don't know what goes through the ref's heads and how they balance that stuff out but it felt like they were trying to even it out without hurting tech more by losing that goal to some extent and that that felt nice um to some extent and but who knows how that stuff all plays out and who knows what uh kevin's review of all that stuff would be and i I don't know how harsh that call was that you know sometimes even when you're looking up where where dirt can watch you know the refs will miss stuff or or from your angle you thought it was something when it really wasn't so you never know um and we never got a review of that and i didn't go back and watch it but it was definitely interesting i remember when it was one one thinking to myself that that game felt like it was going to be like a five two win and then I said something when it was 5-2 and everybody laughed at me like, sure, Tim, sure. And then it was 5-4 all of a sudden and got way too interesting. And I blame Matt for that because he asked for two easy, carefree games. And we can't have those, Matt. Not this year. Oh, we can't. But I I was <laughs> I, I said that. I was just like, I know I'm not going to get it, but it's what I would like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you knew you weren't getting that from St. Thomas because they don't quit. So... Even oh, up five they had... two, they just kept fighting back, and and we didn't take advantage of our five minute power play at the end there to to kind of put them away, and thankfully we were able to hang on. But major credit to the uh, the Tommies this season, though, it was a big time turnaround from last year. I it was like it went from me being uh, very upset that we even went to overtime with them to uh, <laughs> understanding that they're they're. They might be a bad team in terms of wins and losses this year, but they're a bad team that proved that they were capable of beating good teams, and that was a big step for them this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you predict any upsets, Tim? Did you think Ferris was going to pull off the upset there? or I know you said I did not. No, I, thought, okay. I thought Ferris was in a bad way. I didn't think they were going to get that kind of goaltending. Yeah, I thought I I felt the same way, but it it was one of those things where it's like, well, if there is one team they can do it against, it's Bowling Green because they just did it a month ago, and then they went on their tailspin. So that kind of fit where it just seemed like you know sometimes two teams, even if one's got a better record than the other, one of the other one has their number for some reason, and that seemed to be the case and i know harrison talked a lot 
post game both nights that even though Bowling Green scored, I think, late in both games to force overtime, that neither night was he all that like he felt very confident for Ferris going into overtime and the way they had played and and the way Bowling Green kind of let off the gas after they tied it both nights, it seemed like to some extent. So that was kind of cool to to see that upset. I know none of us are all that upset that Bowling Green's out. So mm. <laughs> especially since it allows us to line up with our arch rivals. And then we get and now we get to have our own little ticket issue for them. So none of them can get tickets this time. <laughs> I think it's now great. As, as an outsider watching this UP stuff, <laughs> I, 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 I was delighted to see that it was going to be a Northern uh, Tech series. I think this is great stuff. You know, I'm just sad I have previous commitments because I'd be getting in the car right away to get home for that one. But <laughs> I've unfortunately got got actual work stuff going on on Saturday and then events going on on Saturday and Sunday night. So uh, that's that's one that it's tough to miss that one uh, if you can get back home for it. They're, they're, they're incredibly competitive games, even without anything on the line. You throw the playoffs into it and it'll be a, it'll be an adventure. <laughs> Looking forward to it. You can't ask for a better matchup. It's just unfortunate that the ticketing systems are everybody, you know, it's it's not just a tech problem, right? This is a, anybody that uses that third party uh, yeah. is having issues yeah. with tickets, I, I think so. I'm on Matt's bandwagon that Ticketmaster was the one behind the, the breakage yeah, so that, I so that they can was... get more business. That's my tinfoil hat. I mean, my uh, my favorite hockey conspiracy is still that the Coyotes are only allowed to exist to funnel money. But uh, that's definitely another one that I'm on board with is this uh, whole college ticketing system thing going down is just a cyber attack from Ticketmaster to try to take over something else while the world's falling down around them. Well, I can tell you as an IT guy who's dealt with several of those type of instances, I don't. I'm not envious of the situation any of the IT folks are actually in right now uh, yeah. dealing with it. It's not an enjoyable experience to go through. Yeah, even just your... even just the IT people at tech that are trying to come up with a backup system to make Correct. something happen so that you yeah. and I can still buy tickets if we want, even if we can't. Everybody's scrambling. Seat. Everybody's scrambling to, you know, contingency plans and that kind of stuff. And yeah. uh, you're generally working around the clock to get things fixed. And it's... Uh, it's the part of IT that can suck real bad. And those <laughs> folks are not in the good part of it right now. <laughs> yeah, and and to top it all off, while we're recording this, ticket sales have been suspended for the night. While they yep. where they work out how many tickets they actually have left because of the online demand getting tickets picked, and then I assume this is also just to uh, to allow a little more time for all the season ticket holders to figure out how they can get tickets, especially if they're not locals because they were supposed to go in to get their tickets for this game. Uh, give them a little more time to figure that out and make sure they know what's left before they sell out or sell more tickets than they actually have available kind of thing. So, yeah, we, we don't want an airline scenario here where we no. have to be bumping people at the door. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then I did uh, hear, unlike what uh, CHN says, the game is at 6 o'clock local, so 5 o'clock for... Uh, most of us on this podcast, Tim, I don't actually know where, where you're sitting. I'm in Traverse City, so I'm on the eastern okay. time so you, zone. So you got six o'clock. Um, yeah, staggering the two. Obviously, Mankato is probably is Mankato going to start at seven their time? They're staggering them, but it's uh because they're, they're both, both at, at six local, they're both at they're six, both local. six local. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's I don't think that was of any uh 
any intent is just managed to be six local in the in uh eastern and six local in central i'm kind of surprised with it being one standalone game that they're not at seven local but because you don't have as much you're 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 getting out of town after the game saturday but you don't you're not coming in you can come in on later than you would normally because it's not a two game or or even a three game potential so I'm kind of surprised, but at the same time, it's fine by me because it actually probably gives me a chance to watch the whole game on my phone before Minnesota United's home opener on Saturday, <laughs> which I'm not really looking forward to. It's supposed to be like 27 and snowing and uh, kickoffs at 730 at night. So <laughs> that'll be fun. But uh, hopefully the game's wrapped by then and I can uh, focus on soccer at that point. Um yeah, I I uh I think this everything pretty much went the way I thought. I was actually impressed to see Lake State put up a really big fight on Saturday. They didn't exactly do a great job on uh I think it was Friday night, right? Um so that was even a good yeah, series six, which 6-1 Friday and then yep. on uh on Saturday it was uh 2 to 1. And then uh you know, Northern continues to roll. I think Friday night was the one where it was, what, three to three halfway through the third period and it ended up seven to three with four straight goals. Um, uh, yeah, and that's, that's what makes me nervous about the upcoming series with Northern is that they can, when they turn on the scoring, they turn it on. You know? Yeah. Northern's reminding me a little bit of, uh, without the defensive uh, gusto, but a little bit like, Bemidji last year where they would just score like three goals in seven minutes right like when they're on they're on but but they they obviously don't have the the defensive chops that 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 a Bemidji team does so so you have a better shot at at coming back you just got to make sure that they don't have those those big spurts on you and and I, I said it to Harrison I don't I don't expect to win anymore because expecting to win just makes me sad when we don't. So it's just I'm just enjoying this season for what it is. And uh but at the same time, like I told them I'm like if if they play like they did against St. Thomas, they're not winning Saturday. The I the turnovers will kill them against Northern, I think. They need to play more sound. I think they will because I think they'll be ready and and more engaged and and interested in the game i guess being that it's northern be a packed house even even with if students are gone it'll be a different atmosphere than than last weekend they also just have a good track record against northern the last several years that that that, there's something about that matchup that it it goes in tech's favor i I I think a lot of it is. is that sound defense that tech likes to play and the fact that northern plays a little more open game that they're prone to giving tech easier opportunities than a team like St. Thomas who plays that sound defense and is kind of trying to just punch back when they get their, their counterattacking versus attacking. And I think that really plays into tech, how much Northern is pushing for offense and probably cheating a little, which is when tech gets in their own trouble. And that's how tech is able to score on Northern is, is getting those chances. So Hopefully that continues in our favor like it has over the last few years. It, like the whole matchup between uh, Joe and and uh, Patolny has been fun as a Tech fan for sure. So what are your thoughts, Tim? Um, I think Northern's evolving a little bit. They've suddenly become a much better penalty-killing team. 
Grant talks about they're getting tougher, taking hits to make plays. One of my favorite players in the league is Andre Gontus, and he's turned into a tough little critter and uh, he's shooting more. He's not just a pass-first guy. And um, I kind of like him. I don't think they have excellent defensemen, but they've got, you know, almost seven players that could be on power play forward units, you know. They yeah. can take turns scoring. They've got a great rookie in, in Joey Larson. He makes plays. they got a defenseman, a freshman named Zinger, who's a wonderful skater, makes a lot of plays. So, um, And they finally found a goalie. This Benny Halas is really good. So, you know, you make it a nice tight game. You might get a two-to-one game until maybe, maybe it's uh, fatigue when Northern comes in and breaks out with those. Like they had three goals plus an empty netter late in that third period. Um, Bemidji relies on those big three defensemen that eat all those minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, Zmolik, Kyle Loft, and uh, Rosen. And those guys might have gotten tired toward the end, and that's what allowed them to score those goals. I'm thinking uh, maybe a three-to-one game with an empty netter. Not not a barrage of goals. <laughs> yeah, Halas is really interesting, too. He's a really aggressive goalie. He comes out and plays the puck more than I think we've seen for quite a while in the league. So he's fun to watch. I, I do enjoy his his flair, and uh, he, he kind of has a little bit of a performance to his goaltending. He got a little it, daylock it, in him? Yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of Pietola is just, I'm in the way all the time, nothing's going by me. He's he's uh, he's moving around. He's very active in the net. It's a very different style from Pietola, so it's a fun matchup to watch that. I like seeing, the, seeing him come out aggressively, playing the puck, you know, passing the puck around, so... It uh, he's definitely solidified that position for them where it has been a struggle the last few years. I mean, what did they, who did they end up pulling up uh, last year? I mean, they were at on their third or fourth goalie by the time the year was over last year. It was it was crazy. Uh, yeah, they, they um, had they had a club hockey goalie that they started dressing. They yeah. had a Division three goalie from uh, uh, Wisconsin Stevens Point, I think. Yeah, they they really ran the gamut there. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's good to see that. You know, it's good to see them have someone that's consistent in there. I think he started almost every it was, game of the year for him, right? I mean, there's not yeah. he hasn't. At all. It was De Matteo that they brought in at like Christmas last year that kind of took over for all of 2022 last year, right? And for a while, he was looking like a real answer. Was that two years ago? It was two years two, ago. Two, two years, years ago, ago, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And uh, he he won a semifinal uh, against Minnesota State. He he outplayed Dryden McKay. And that was probably the last good game he had. That's <laughs> yeah. I think it really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he struggled since. We have Hawes has the vast majority of their minutes, you know, over this year. There's, the other yeah. two guys have played a little bit, but it's it's not a lot. So no. All right. Um, anything else about last weekend's games, guys? Were, were those two, were the Isley brothers playing against each other? Um, there was an Isley in goal, the, the number two or 1A goalie for Lake State. And there's an Isley playing forward for Minnesota State. Are they siblings? That's bad on me not to know. I thought they were. I don't know. I don't know. The I don't know. That, that's just a little. Like a little I'll, I'll do a little dig in here real quick. Fun item. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's I'm, I'm curious now, too. I got to have another Seattle situation coming up, right? <laughs> or the or the the kids from Michigan State and Ferris that are twins but born in different towns, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
that threw us that threw us for a little bit of a loop. How do you do that? How do you do Uh, that? Supposedly, it was just the the they each answered their own survey for elite prospects and had different answers for their. I'm guessing one of them put down their hometown and the other one put their place of birth, and they're not like they they weren't reading comprehension wasn't their their friends so. That can definitely be different, though. Like, yeah, no, your hometown. Yeah, that can be different. But the question is, place of birth. But maybe one of them read it as hometown and put down the wrong, the, a different one than the brother. Mom gave birth in a camper, so when they roll it on the road. It does say that <laughs> that that's moving vehicle. Yeah. It does say yeah. Seth and Adam are brothers. Yeah, they're both from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, and I don't know how big Lake Elmo is, but I'm guessing it's not huge. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not too big. <laughs> nope. They're not twins. They're they're three years apart. Two thousand and one birth date and the uh, and a ninety nine birth date. Lake Elmo. Birthday. So what did they go to? Stillwater. Hill, Hill Murray. Stillwater. Oh, Stillwater. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but regarding play and my observations, you know, I'm looking at Jack Works. Look like a man possessed out there. And he is. He's some, my favorite uh, player this what year. What he does in front of the net and then instigating, God, you know, yeah. contact afterward. <laughs> Who would want to play against that guy? You you, you can tell why he was recruited by Denver, right? You know, and it's great to see um, somebody come out of the transfer portal like that, that we get for, is it three years, I think, right? Is he a yeah. sophomore? Um, like, I, no, I'm I really excited for to see. Four. Or yeah, because I don't think, I think, I don't think he played at Denver. I don't think he played a single game last year. Oh, maybe we can get him for four. I don't know if they... I don't know if they're going to do that or not, but yeah, but uh, we definitely get him for three years, which is cool. Uh, he played five games uh, his freshman year at Denver, and then uh, last year he played uh, ten games, so he's played two years out there. Okay, okay. okay. Well, that means you get him for three because you get the free eligibility. Year. Yeah, so he's, yeah. Listed as, so he's listed as a sophomore for us, and that that means he'll be here for two more if he stays, right? But yeah, he's he's by far my favorite player. He's just pure firecracker. He's instigating. Yeah. He he's the guy on the forecheck that's that's starting stuff up, and and you know, the line he plays with tends to back him up really well. He gets in there and and forces something to happen. It's uh, he's he's fantastic to watch. I yeah. I enjoy watching him play. He probably has the most apt last name of anybody I've seen yes. in college hockey. Because let me tell you, Jack does work for us. I yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> true. It's true. No, I, he's definitely the. Uh, one of the new players that's the most fun to watch and probably I, I think he's probably my favorite player that we've ever gotten out of the portal just because of the the work ethic you see and and how much of a spark plug he is out there it's it's I will, fun I will admit looking at his stats line right now I'm I'm honestly shocked at the amount of penalty minutes he has I would have expected more for the way he plays <laughs> <laughs> he's only got 12 penalty minutes all year I, I would have yeah. uh, I would have definitely put that number higher he does he does kind of remind me like I think he's very good at knowing where the line is. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he reminds me a lot of the way jo- Joe talked about uh what's his name at Mankato that never plays. Why can't I think of his name now our favorite Tanner Edwards. Tanner Edwards, yeah. He he reminds me of how Joe talked about Tanner Edwards and the kind of like he's not afraid to get in those dirty ice areas and instigate and and push things to a point where he gets on the other team's skin, which is awesome. It's nice to see because he, but he's also not, he, you know, you don't look at him like a, like a Austin Swinkler where he's crossing that line either. 
his goal was one of the his goal was one of the tip goals, the nice tips this weekend too, right? I yes. think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a redirect goal in front of the net, I think, are one of my favorite plays in hockey. To be honest, they're the the goalie is just so so screwed <laughs> when you get a nice redirect in front and yep. uh, and the skill to actually get that. And I think it, his I think was the one that was like up off the shaft of his stick. It was somewhere near his hands actually where he got the redirect in and it, uh, those are just pretty. I enjoy watching those. Mm-hmm. 20 seconds earlier, he was alone with the goalie on the goal line trying yeah. to bring it around. And, and, and yeah, so that one was had to, had the handcuffs on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So no, it was, uh, it was good. The one thing that surprised me the biggest about this weekend is just how hard, you know, St. Thomas did come out in the third on Saturday. They outshot us quite a bit. Um, it was, uh, and that was even with some of the, the special teams that was involved. So, you know, like you said, St. Thomas isn't giving up They're They, uh, they went out, uh, they went out in style and you get a couple of soft goals by Trotter and that game is going to game three. Yeah. Cause a couple of those goals on Trotter, I'm sure he wants back. I mean, a few of those were, were a bit rough. The, the one that five hold him, ugh, yeah, you feel bad. Up. You feel bad for the goalie on that one when it, it it looks like that. Then he had the one that came in, I think, on his uh, on his right hand side where it was also pretty weak too. So there were two goals there that were relatively soft that we got. So there's there's no doubt in my mind that could have gone to a game three relatively easily for us. I don't so, feel bad for him. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I feel bad for him in the moment. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we scored. <laughs> but you got to feel bad for the goalie when he lets up us off one like that. How about uh, Friday's uh, Jed Pietela assist? The uh, D, the oh. D to D pass for, for the winner. Um, Joe's yeah, talking about it later after seeing it, saying uh, what a sauce pass it was and how it crossed over two defender sticks and landed right on his buddy's tape. You know, Yeah, and we had, uh, I think it was, uh, oh, go ahead, Dustin. I was just going to say, he's the unsung Pietela. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Unless you're asking me, I've been on Team Jed for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I think it was uh, uh, Dave Ellis was on post game on Friday night, and he talked about how, um, like how much St. Thomas does of taking up space and making it really hard to do things uh, when you're trying to attack on offense when you're set up. And how much different that game is for them when it's four on four, which was what the the goal by Thorne was and, and Jed's setup there was four on four situation and how much more space they have to work because there aren't 10 guys out there skating. I don't know what's going on with Dustin's video, but I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's it's perfect. It it's perfect. Dustin's just chugging along. <laughs> it's the never ending beer can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best oh, one in a while. I'm not even yeah. doing anything with my computer this time. Like I'm No, I'm gonna have to buy dust in a computer now, I think. <laughs> oh, or give him give him there give my tower maybe. There he is. Well, I mean, Jed's I suppose a... I could I suppose I could use my work computer, but Jed's had a couple of really good passes like that too. Didn't he have the big long stretch pass along the boards? Uh, for a breakaway goal for somebody as well. So it's not the first time Jed's uh, come up with a, a a really nice assist, you know. So who knows? Maybe him and Crespi can switch spots here. He can go up on offense and, and contribute there. <laughs> well, <laughs> Crespi had a really nice Crespi's goal. Move. It just didn't count. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Crespi's, 
he's fantastic to watch back there too because he will jump up into the play and uh turn on his forward brain (laughs) (laughs) for for that possession and someone's always back there covering so the system is working really well for that it lets him jump up in the play the guys communicate really well and one of the forwards drops back and we don't look like we're you know going in and, and taking a risk there somebody else is covering for him so the team is doing a really good job of that and recognizing that when somebody pushes up or a D-man pinches, someone's got to cover. Uh, that's one of the things that I think is a little different between like Joe's system versus maybe, you know, uh, Northern system where they're pushing hard all the time, right? Maybe they get caught out. We take that step of somebody needs to cover for that guy that's pushing forward and always have that, that, uh, that awareness. And I think it works out well. It lets yeah, us and also dive the- deep. Yeah, and, and also the, the the defensemen know that, so they're not scared to step up on a play right. when they have an opportunity, right? They, they yep. it's they're it's not drilled into their heads that oh, you got to stay home, you can't you can't jump up in the play. They're they're given the freedom to jump up in the play when it's appropriate, and they have the confidence in you know their teammates that it's not going to lead to an odd man rush the other way. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And even if it and, does, Blake's there. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. It's a nice safety net. <laughs> yeah, we we were going over everything after Saturday, and he has uh, what is it now? Three season records. Only one he set this year. The save percentage and goals against average were set his sophomore year. Um, but he's got he's now tied for career wins in this in Michigan Tech history, and he, if. If he doesn't have a couple, I don't even, I should have done the math to see just how bad a game he'd have to have for his last game to actually screw up the career records for goals against the average and save percentage. But I'm sure it would take a lot to drop him enough points at this point with how good a season he's had. Um, but he, if he holds on, he'd have the career record for goals against the average, save percentage. And he's already got the career record for shutouts. If he gets one more shutout, he'll have the CCHA record for shutouts in the season. He's tied right now. He needs six more shutouts. <laughs> tied Dryden McKay, and there's six more games left in the year. <laughs> if, if he can go six games straight with shutouts, uh, yeah. uh, that, uh, yep. I think the yep. chances of that are pretty low there, Dustin. <laughs> oh, but wouldn't that be sweet? That would... I if, if I need we to shut out our way stupid. to a, if we shut out our way to a national title, I'll eat this hat I'm wearing. <laughs> I'll I'll bring the ketchup to Boston hey, or if, to Tampa. If, I, if you need to bring ketchup, I'm still a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs, I'll find a hat to eat with Rob. And, I, don't, and, I don't I don't think we make it through this weekend with a show. Hey, I, hey, I'd, I'd be amazed to see us shut out Northern. Matt, Northern's on fire too. Speaking of eating a hat because you lose a bet, Matt, where's your beer? Oh, I can do that real quick. Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna make what? you hold hold you to that because you jinxed us. What you missed you... it. So two weeks ago, during the uh, the main the the Saturday game in Mankato, during the first power play that we gave up a goal, which I think was the second penalty kill of the game, he said. If we give up a goal on this penalty kill, I'll chug a beer. And he jinxed us for the rest of the night on the penalty kill. So I'm making him hold to that. He was supposed to drink it last week, and we forgot till after we were done recording. He said he'd do it on the podcast after the goal went in. So, um, But yeah, I mean, and then Blake's also 
has almost half of Coach Sean's wins, and uh, and Coach Sean is now the uh, second winningest coach in Michigan Tech history. We don't have to talk about him being tied with anybody, which lasted all of a day, uh, which was kind of nice. So he's on the second place all time and has a better winning percentage than than the guy he replaced, which is pretty cool. Um, is that Mel Pearson? Yeah, we, we don't yeah, say okay. his name on the podcast, Sorry. but yeah. <laughs> we, we'd rather not talk about him if we can help it. Although, maybe he'll end up at Wisconsin, right? No? You don't Definitely. think so, Tim? All right, RIP to our showcase, old WCHA showcase, if that happens. Well, that's true. <laughs> Although it's not during World Junior, so who knows? We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. So Dustin brought up a big, a good point in chat that uh, we definitely should talk about something that, Tim, maybe you didn't hear about, being that it's not really uh, D1 college hockey related, but... Uh, big announcement for the the Keweenaw is that Finlandia is shutting down after the year. Um, big news for the community. Um, nice to see Northern and Michigan Tech, and I believe a couple other community colleges in the in the UP step up. And was there even a school downstate? Was Adrian one of them that said they yeah, were? I believe that? Adrian. There was were one several one. that have agreements in place already for the current students. Yeah, so current students that if they meet. Uh, it, basically, they get ex- expedited transfer uh, ability to to finish their degree at the other schools, which which is good news. I'm I'm intrigued to see if anything more comes out about, you know, Michigan Tech maybe absorbing some of the programs that Tech doesn't currently offer. Um, now that Finlandia won't be offering them to students up there, um, like nursing and and I don't quite know what else they offered that uh, that Tech didn't. Um, nursing is a big one. Nursing's the big one, yeah. yeah. I know the, so the whole school shut down, not their athletic department. The whole, oh, school, yeah. the whole school, the whole, the whole school. school they had a big right meeting. Now. I assume uh, COVID gave a really big hit to them, and they really struggled to get through that. And then, um, like they've, I think they've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years really trying to invest in their athletics to try and improve enrollment. And I don't know how COVID impacted their ability to keep going but i know a lot of your non engineering type the schools that don't have the technical type degrees are really struggling right now i know northern and ferris and what was the other one central are all having problems with enrollment dropping right see so the um this is 
almost year old information now. So take it with a grain of salt. But from my time on advisory board at tech, as of the last meeting we had, it was, they, they said that Michigan tech is the only school in the state of Michigan that has positive enrollment numbers where the enrollment is not declining with the caveat of the university of Michigan is essentially flat. And that's probably just because they're at they, capacity and they're they at capacity. Really and, more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you look at, look at the state of Michigan and essentially it's Michigan tech and the university of Michigan is the only two that are, you know, level or better. That they're, they're, they're achieving their enrollment goals yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, is that public or all? Uh, I believe that's probably just public. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have that. You can't get that information from private. I'm guessing. Not unless something is, not unless there's some committee that's sharing it because that's what you guys do or something. But yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. So a lot of those smaller D3 style schools like that, their athletic department is a major part of of their student body. Right. Right. The, The athletics are what brings students into those smaller institutions. So I can understand why Finlandia was, was going kind of the way they were with athletics, but they were down, I believe the number was somewhere in like four to 500 enrolled students on, you know, where their normal numbers were up in, in thousands or okay. at least a thousand. So they were way, way, way down from, from what they needed to be. Uh, so it's a bit, it's incredibly sad news. I mean, it's a what, 125 or 126 year old institution, right? Yeah. Uh, and in a rather unique history for an institution too, it's, as far as I know, the only university in the United States uh, founded by Finnish <laughs> Finnish immigrants, right? You know, it yeah. was uh, it was a school for uh, a school for the Finnish diaspora diaspora as they came over, right? And it was founded by by Finns and has done a whole bunch of outreach uh, back and forth with Finland over the years. They're they're kind of the driver for some of the things like Hakenpäiva, the 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 celebration that Hancock does during the middle of the year. Uh, and a bunch of other programs. So it's definitely a sad, big loss to the Keweenaw, not just from a economic standpoint, but from, you know, just another historical thing that's going to be missing in a bunch of abandoned buildings, you know? So yeah, that's so sad. That's the thing that I'm kind of uh, worried about is the, uh, like, Sports-wise, if you want to look at Finlandia sports, it could be pretty rough sometimes. I it's, I attended a lot of Finlandia hockey games, so I mean, it did like giving the student athletes an opportunity was great. The programs weren't super, but what I'm really more concerned about is the cultural impact on the community. Like like you were saying, like they kept all those ties with Finland. They were driving hike and Piva. They I believe they also have that uh, museum on campus for uh, like Finnish mm-hmm. involvement in the community, something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see um well, they, what becomes of that if tech ends up like helping out with that, if that if some historical society like starts up or takes over it, but there's just a large cultural impact of that university that I'm interested to see like what happens, you know? Well when Hancock moved the high school up on top of the hill too, right? The Hancock High School is a big centerpiece building in Hancock there up on a kind of down not downtown is the wrong way to put it but on the end of town there it's not a small building and Finlandia bought it and was using it uh, what happens with that that's not a small building to be abandoned in the middle of town you know so you now is it um, possible it's turned it into apartments or what does it get used for hey 
who knows? Maybe tech students will be living in. Yeah, in the I, 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 uh, when I lived in Ohio, I lived in an old high school. Sure. Uh, yeah, my apartment so was my my bedroom was the like where the stairs turn around. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like so, my bedroom was there, and I had stairs down to the main floor, which was like a classroom, and I could actually like crawl out onto like the gym roof. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe Hancock High School turns into some uh, some new apartments for, off for campus. tech students yep. off campus. There's always yep. talk of needing more space for tech students, right? But yep. it's 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 a really sad event. I know there's a lot of folks that are going to be impacted by it. It was a decent decent sized employer in town, and those are hard to come by when you're talking you know, the, the key one. All right. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everybody uh, can, can find something. Have you guys seen that downtown Marquette recently? They've got uh, a uh, hospital that went defunct and it takes oh, really? up a huge amount of space. So you're driving through and watching a, you know, a hospital sort of disintegrate in front of your eyes. It's pretty weird. So yeah, it sounds like kind a of worry scenario. With- yeah, kind of my way with the high school building, right? Does it just start to fall apart, start to look like some of the other ruins that are around the area, right? So it'd be sad to see that. It's a big, beautiful building there, right? You know, right in the middle of town. Yeah. Charlton Heston, uh, Planet of the Apes flashback. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure something, somebody will, will grab it and use it, you know, like whether it's apartments or something like that. But uh, it's... Uh, it's a sad, sad thing. I mean, that's, that's where I learned how to swim as a little kid was at the pool at Sumi. So before it turned to finlandia right so uh yeah and and one more bit of one more tidbit of news is the uh all the all the shops in hancock are struggling to keep fu paraphernalia on in stock so uh (laughs) so they're 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 ordering more so um that's kind of funny and and yeah no more funny signs on the subway in houghton i guess at the beginning of the school year (laughs) yeah there's no more welcome uh, welcome mtu and fu students students. <laughs> that's been their sign. That's been their sign for yeah. years as students come back. Yeah. yeah, I had an FU shirt for a while that I just absolutely loved because I brought it back from when I toured tech and just wore it to high school because, like, what are they gonna do? It's the name <laughs> of the university. But then my my dog literally ate it. <laughs> so that was the end of that. I mean, it sounds like it's gonna be a premium to get a new one now. Yeah. When did they switch names? I feel like that was while I was a student. I was somewhere in there, yeah. It was Sumi when I was growing up, and it changed somewhere, somewhere in middle school, high school, maybe somewhere around there. So yeah, it, it uh, wasn't that long ago that they changed their name. What happens to their endowment if they shut down? I have no idea. Okay, it says they have like a six million dollar endowment. Hmm. Interesting. Either way, it's a, it's just incredible. That might be a question for the lawyers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I understand they're in a decent amount of debt too, so that'll be yeah probably just pays for that. Yeah. Out. yeah, so well, right. as well, I was happier. Two thousand. Two thousand. And happier yeah. news. How about Alaska? Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cool. It is much happier. <laughs> did I news. did I see why did I see right that we might be hanging out with uh, Britain in uh, if uh, if if we end up uh, if we end up both over there, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, because I I saw he just booked his flight. I think that's him, right? The Nanak blog yeah yeah twitter account since i re- yeah. i figured i put two and two together since it said he was just flying from denver and not somewhere else yep. so yeah that's um, yep. <laughs> oh yeah like, so we're in alaska yep i think it'd be fantastic <laughs> if uh that, honestly that's one of the big reasons why i'd like to go out east for us anyways not allentown and do the whole hockey weekend will be fun 
I have no problem spending time driving between Manchester and uh, Bridgeport to watch more hockey games. That yeah. sounds like the perfect weekend. So yeah. <laughs> we got to see what time we got to get up to make the early games at the other regional back and forth. Yeah, well, I'm not booking. Th- I'm not booking until the Sunday of the the cl- the the show. But I have my flight times figured out. Okay. Like, well, which you should. One I'm going to. You should book. Well, you're you're booking miles, right? Aren't you? Um, I'm Probably. hoping, if if possible, okay, uh, to use a companion voucher for me and my wife to go out. Okay. We have one that's going to be expiring. Okay. But companion vouchers are very hit or miss whether or not they're blacked out or not, and that short notice. Probably, I think it's probably quite, not likely. Yeah. yeah. Um, because <laughs> no, the other thing my... you can do is 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 uh is book a couple flights Saturday because you can cancel them Sunday. But if you got one companion voucher, you can't really do that. Right. And I got to be real. I'm on, I got a, I'm on the corporate shuttle Tuesday and Wednesday that week. So I got to play that, play with that too. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing too is it shouldn't make a whole lot of difference because I highly doubt with Minnesota being number one, it's not like you're competing with Gopher fans to get somewhere. Um, So it shouldn't be that big a deal. Because we'll they're they're pretty much guaranteed Fargo at this point. Yeah. Um. So any other anybody else want to make some predictions about Saturday night? Um. Before we go there, I just kind of wanted to pick Tim's head while we got him. Um. <laughs> so um. At the beginning of the season, I know. Uh, I know. I I gave you some heck for your. Uh, your 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 preseason predictions, and uh, we don't need to go. Why you gotta bring that? Why you gotta bring that up again? Matt? I was following you know? Joe's lead. He was crying <laughs> poor with the. Uh, oh, we're not talking about we're... that you were losing. Oh no, we we, uh, we were all on the same bandwagon of thinking Tech would be. Yeah, no, no one life. here thought Tech was gonna be that great. But you know, aside <laughs> from uh, aside from us oh, being and, and as good as we first. are. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, aside from Lake State taking the dive bomb and us suddenly being good, what's uh what's another surprise from the season you kind of want to touch on? Let me see as I go through. I thought Bemidji was going to be better. Something's up with Bemidji. They no longer play the three waves of defense, that tough uh super defensive system. Their penalty killing is no longer threatening to go 90%. It's it's under 80%. Uh, they care more about uh, offense, I think. Uh, something's up with, with Bemidji. Um, uh, people transferring out of there. Um, I don't know. Uh, the people who ended up going there all, you know, pray to the statue of Coach Tom, you know, but um, <laughs> I was surprised. They're not the defensive force uh they were my first few years in the region covering. Uh, so I was a little surprised at, uh, about about Bemidji not being tougher than they were and not getting home ice. Um, uh, Ferris, you know, I kind of got on their bandwagon when they uh, when they beat uh, Northern Michigan and then they, they took kind of a dive after that. Um, uh, but uh, I really, you know, not to blow smoke at you guys in Michigan Tech, but that's the the most compelling team, compelling story. You know, uh, uh, Coach Sean's evolution, uh, letting go of the iron fist and letting it, you know, he talked <laughs> about 
you know, when the kids weren't ready to play on a Tuesday in practice where he would just leave the rink and saying, hey, you guys are on your own. I can tell you're not really into it. You know, what kind of coaches are, are willing to let go like that? So sound, say it's really fascinating. Then listen to he and his alter ego, you know, <laughs> your play-by-play guy who I love, you know, yep. uh, uh, deal with each other on Mondays. That's why I was really sad. <laughs> really sad. I couldn't find uh, the, the Monday conversation uh, last week. I was I was really disappointed. But uh, I guess Suzanne got involved. So yeah, I think that's the most compelling story. You know, I, I've written a few books, and I was thinking, look, if I lived any closer to you guys, I would love to do a season in the life. This would have been the season. You know, all this overachieving, all this realizing that the uh, the sum is greater than the individual parts. And all the buy-in, and I'm a big Bronte fan. I've had several conversations uh, with Ty and, and how he's gotten into better shape and willed himself to get more ice time, become part of a really important line, a fourth line that becomes a useful energy line. Um, and finally, um, Blake Piedla. I think I think there's a real ratio of uh, workload. You know, those Friday um, shutouts is not a coincidence. You know, that's because he's got all that rest. And, and Joe alluded to it in his last uh, post game, saying, I think fatigue had something to do with the 5-4 game, second game. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking if there's going to be uh, an 11th shutout, I think it's going to be this Saturday. He's got one extra day of rest. He didn't have to play Sunday, doesn't have to play Friday. So I think this Saturday is going to be his Friday. And I think uh, – <laughs> I think well, he'll give up one or few fewer goals. Maybe Dustin's not wrong about six more because he's got at least a day of rest for every game after <laughs> after this now, right? Because there's a day yeah. off in the regionals now. No, I'd but, settle uh, for I'd settle for five more and only giving up one in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bronte's another player like Works that's uh, definitely improved over the season, right? You, you could see him the last few weekends where. Yeah, he, he's kind of the spark plug-ish guy for his line as well. He, he's yeah. the guy rushing in on the forecheck, uh, you know, filling that first first forward role uh, really well, uh, putting that hard pressure on. And, and there's often times when he's making a centering pass, expecting someone to be there, uh, and, and he, there's nobody there for him. <laughs> so he, we, he's, he's one that's definitely improved a lot over the season as well, I think. We, we yeah. talked yeah. several I, weeks ago. Yeah, we talked several weeks ago about – does this team have a true leader? Like who, who are the leaders on this team and who's going to step up and, and lead this team? And, you know, I, I feel like it, we're not in the, the locker room, but I feel like there are players, there are guys in this team that have stepped up and they're, they're, they're taking the lead and they're, they're, they're putting the team on their backs. Like Kyle Kukinen, if you need a big goal, yeah, Kyle uh, Koopman has gotten how many big goals in the last three weeks? I mean, the guy is clutch. Man, He's that goal, been that goal awesome. Out of Mankato. Eight, oh, incredible! But, <laughs> but some of those wrist shots, that, that winning goal he had with the guy draped all over him, just yeah. blasting that thing through the five hole. This guy, I wrote my column this week. I compared him to Chuck Connors, the Rifleman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just just to... just that that yeah that that shorty in Mankato, like. It's really sad that it didn't finish after that because that goal would have just lived forever. Forever. If they yes. had won the cup because of mm -hmm. that goal. Yes. Like <laughs> yep. and but but uh to have them give up that the pedal the power play goal after that just so deflating. But that that was like 
that that reminded me a lot of uh Brian Hallen and against St. Thomas last year where he was just like we're not going to lose this game and he goes down <laughs> in overtime and scores to win and it was like a one time we won in overtime all year <laughs> but uh um like just the way he goes down and scores and everybody in the crowd was just in disbelief that that happened after everything that we had been through in the last like 10 minutes of real world time between the goal, the disallowed, the penalty, and then to get that shorty, like, yeah, that was, that I, was something. I know, I know that, you know, this, you know, our focus is on this year and you know, all we got up in front of us this year, but I mean, Kukunen's doing this as a freshman. I mean, He's yeah. going to be just a star in yeah. the next few years. Yeah. How long do you think he'll stick around uh, Copper Country? My, Four my, years. Hope, Four. my hope is that Four. with the family connections and the emphasis on education from the family that we get four years out of him. I don't know if that's the case. I think yeah, we'll get at least three because it'll take him at least that long to graduate. But I'm guessing yeah. he's taken a bunch of summer classes so he can be done in three like Thorne. Yeah. Tim, you know mm-hmm. who uh, Kyle's aunt is, right? I've only heard references that he's got uh, relatives. Oh, uh, Su- Suzanne is his aunt. His aunt yes. is Suzanne. Yeah. yeah. So I think it would make uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> conversations rather awkward if he decided to transfer away. So I, I have a yeah, I solid feeling hey, he's going to hey, be around hey. for his whole career. If he if if he ends up at the Ducks after three years and has brought home some some major hardware, I think it'll be okay at Thanksgiving. If he wins a Hobie his third year and then goes to the dock, we'll be okay. <laughs> I don't want a Hobie. I, I I, this... A Hobie would be great, but that's not the one I'm talking about, Dustin. How about, how about the Rookie of the Year voting? You know, um, some people thought uh, he would be overlooked, but eight goals in six games? I mean, that's just insane. It's a, he's impossible to ignore right now, you know? Yeah. Eight, well, and eight goals know... and big goals. Like, yeah. they're, they're yes. very, very high trophy goals Lever- high leverage time goals like it yeah. it's been very impressive he's got five game winners this year um but like the only other thing too is tim is like i don't know if i'm not mistaken all the voting is done for that before this weekend they just don't announce it till next week for rookie for for ccha rookie of the ccha year. rookie there yeah. yeah um obviously the like chn guys and their own lists and all that stuff he'd he'd struggle to win any kind of national stuff when you've got fentilly and uh, snuggerud up there with their point totals and everything else and and what they've done at michigan and minnesota but there, there are only two ccha guys on the national list and, and kyle wasn't wasn't yeah was road well, and who else it was larson larson and road larson and road sure and, and we've said it on the podcast the last two weeks like that that uh the fact that you have five guys that are all legit candidates for rookie of the year. And only three of them can be on the all rookie team is crazy. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll sneak a fourth forward on there, but you're still yeah. missing somebody. Yeah. Um, is Ernest a rookie? Yeah. So he's yeah, the he's fifth one of them too. Yeah. He's Superman. What yeah. a series he had uh, up in at the Mac. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh so, God. Kukunen, Fitzgerald, <laughs> Rode, Larson, and Ernesty are all rookie forwards. Yeah. So pretty and, crazy. And then you got the goalie at, at Northern, you know. Yeah, or, and Trotter's a, a rookie a... too at St. Thomas. Yeah, I, I, I've right? watched a lot of Trotter this year. You know, he, yeah. he makes a lot of spectacular saves, but he gives up the softies that you saw on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, that happens. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think anything else you guys want to talk about? No, uh, I'm excited for a northern uh, northern tech game again. We never yeah. we never did the prediction. A, That's all right. One. We don't need to spend We're more time. We're not going to predict. All right. We're going to win. That's the prediction. <laughs> I think so, too. I think there's too many factors going tax way. But I think the more interesting thing is what's going to go on in the other game. I personally am going to make the, the, the podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. CCHA is going to have that dog in it. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to be Ferris coming to Houghton for the final. That is my prediction. You know. My my hope was going into this weekend that somehow they played out that Northern went to Mankato because I thought the way Northern was playing that and Northern the same way that Tech seems to have something against Northern lately, Northern has been, you know, punching above their weight against Mankato. I would yeah. the way Northern is playing, I would have loved to see Northern play Mankato in a one one game winner takes all. I thought that would have been a great great yeah. game. Yeah. Oh well. I, I'm bullish on Minnesota State right now. They've had a great uh, second half. I think they're going to threaten to get to the fr- frozen four again. But I want to get ahead of myself. I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping. I'm hoping for Tech. You know, Tech Mankato again. I want to see a rematch. Oh God, and, that's that'd be. And I want to see. Theater. And I want to see both teams in the tournament. I think both teams deserve to be in the national tournament, and I want to see them both. Both there. Yeah, that's that's the big reason I don't think we see Ferris. Mankato knows what's on the line. They know yeah. that if they lose, that a loss against Ferris most likely is a pairwise killer that drops them out of contention for the, the tournament. Yeah, Fair they only if if they lose that game, they only need one upset to happen, yeah. and they're out. Don't get me wrong; I would love to see Ferris Tech at the McGinnis for the you know for the yeah. uh, the, yeah. the the title, right? But uh, I, I don't I don't see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> if it ends up be, if it ends up being Ferris Tech, it's kind of like win win. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would be sad. Yeah, because Tech should be locked in at that point, depending on what in. else happens this weekend. Right, and yeah. it's just a, it's just about seeding at that point. Yeah, you're a hundred percent on the probability index. A hundred point zero means not all of them are in. It means I mean just like. They're, it means they're somewhere between ninety nine point five and hundred percent. That's what that means. If it if it says hundred point zero, it means there's at least one possibility that they're not in. So there's okay. and I did the math. There's up to ten possibilities out of the twenty thousand they ran that Tech is oh. not in right now. Mm-hmm. So then it's like Vermont wins the Hockey East and Michigan some, State wins the Big Ten and, and Clarkson and, uh, wins the ECAC and yeah Ferris Ferris wins the yeah, Ferris yeah. or Northern wins the the mm-hmm. uh, the CCHA yeah. championship. Duluth or North Dakota wins the NCHC. Yeah. Basically, all right. All, all the auto bids have to fire, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. I would love for nothing more than for North Dakota to miss out and <laughs> just make the. And then if if we get placed in the Fargo regional, then tickets are dirt cheap because they don't want to go because they're too it sad. Is. How about how about it's how about this scenario, Matt? How about, it to go for how about this scenario, Matt? How about RIT wins the the Atlantic Hockey, North Dakota wins NCHC tournament, and North Dakota ends up one spot behind RIT and pairwise, so they get Minnesota in the first round in Fargo. Didn't you say you didn't think they'd do that to them? If North Dakota. 
is lower in pairwise in RIT, then they will get Minnesota. Okay. You just don't think they'll do it if North Dakota ends up ahead of RIT, uh, ahead of the Atlantic hockey winner. Correct. If, if North Dakota ends up ahead of Atlantic hockey winner, Minnesota will not get North Dakota, but if North Dakota is the legit 16, according to pairwise, they, it'll be Minnesota, North Dakota. Oh my God. That would be, Oh, that would be crazy. I I, I can't imagine the salt out of the gopher fan base. If they have to play North Dakota, it would be awesome. That that was, that's a game that I would love to be a fly on. That was one of the best parts about when I was still the president of the misfits and icebreaker was taking place was I got to be a fly on the wall for a Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth game. So I, would love to be it's one of those games that i just love to watch as a neutral fan just cheer for some good hockey and watch the shenanigans that break out so let's hope that happens for the sake of the game i think in order for it to happen rit needs to win atlantic hockey because i think they're the only one that has a chance to finish ahead of north dakota yeah and i'm doubting i'm doubting they can pull that off though does that i I don't think because i feel like like they need to their rpi will be higher than rit's they're only separated by four thousandths right now yeah, yeah I, I think you're probably right. So even the if quality it of plays their opponents, out that they're way, still going to be. Yeah, North Dakota is going to jump them. Yeah. So it was a dream. Wish. It's already Food dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be a crazy first round matchup, especially oh, with the fact that, that arena is, you know, is already sold out with Sioux fans, right? Or uh, yeah. Hawks so, fans. So, so Tim, what do you think yes. happens if if far if North Dakota is the 15? wins their tournament, gets in as the 15, and Minnesota's still the one. What do you think happens to the bracket? Well, North Dakota's got to go to Fargo. has to go to Fargo. I mean, that's that's money talking. Yep. And then um, is Allentown the other Western uh, bracket? Does that count as the West? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think because you want to get fans into that regional, Minnesota's got to be there. Um, and if it's a one versus a four, um, you know, you're going to get a, a sold out building. Um, but it's already sold uh, out. I, I am not. Yeah, it's already sold out. The North Dakota fans have already bought the, the tickets, like regardless yeah. of if their team gets there or not, the tickets are sold as far as the NCAA is concerned. Yeah. Right. So does Minnesota uh, going the shorter uh, commute is just the logical way, right? The, the one seat of the West. Go yeah. the one seat overall. The problem their, is, is I think Dustin said that the the one has never not played the sixteen, right? I think Correct. he said that. Yeah. So, so, so Minnesota's going to get RIT or Holy Cross or whoever it is. Yeah, and yeah. they can't do it's that gonna, in Fargo. Yeah, I think I think Allentown. I think yeah, that means that Minnesota ends up in Allentown. I, it would make perfect sense, especially if Penn State stays eight nine and Minnesota. Yeah. So then they're just na- the natural bracket. It all goes to Allentown to make Fargo. Right. And that means Minnesota has to fly, which isn't ideal. But I think if you would ask anybody, anybody in the Minnesota program, anybody that's a Minnesota fan, they'd much rather go to Allentown than play North Dakota in the state of North, North Dakota. Dakota. That's the number <laughs> yeah. one seat. They're yeah. not going to complain you gave, about having a If you a gave flight. the Gophers a choice, they would probably choose that. Because yeah. you're, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. And the NCAA is not going to lose any money because the regional is already sold out. Yep. 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 Um, All right. We also, well, we also what happened to Minnesota State when they played Providence in Providence. It's no <laughs> fun playing those home teams. <laughs> yeah. I know I yeah. saw somebody's bracketology and it had us like playing Harvard 
And then the winner of, oh, shoot, I forget who it would have been. I would take Harvard in a heartbeat every I time. I was Wouldn't like, that be great if we got paired against Harvard? I don't. I think Harvard's a paper tiger, personally. I don't remember who it was, so we must have had. All I know is after oh, it was, us. Yeah, that's what it was. It was us in a bracket where we would play Harvard, and then if we won, we would play the winner of Quinnipiac and the 15. And I'm like, I will take that all day long. I don't care if it's in Manchester. I would love the chance to play Harvard and Quinnipiac if we could probably do that. Like that would be awesome because, the, like, Bridge Pad- Bridgeport, North Dakota. Yeah, Brid- Bridgeport, North Dakota, and North Bridgeport is a fifteen. <laughs> Beware Quinnipiac. They're no paper tigers. No, I'm not saying they're. Oh, I'm no, not Quinnipiac's saying that not. game is going to be easy. It's just of all the upper is... echelon yeah. pairwise teams, that's one that I'd like to have. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we match up better against Quinnipiac because I feel like Quinnipiac plays a similar game to Mankato, and we we have experience playing that a team that plays that style of yeah. hockey. The, the yeah. shutdown style, prevent the shots. Yeah, and and I think the nice thing I think about Quinnipiac is that we like we're going to struggle to score because we struggle to score, but I Quinnipiac isn't going to boat race us out of the out of the rink kind of thing either. Like no, Denver no. might. No. So, <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, Denver, Michigan, Minnesota, all of them could have three goals in five minutes and, and we're out of it before Blake even gets settled in a regional. So I I want no piece of Minnesota in this. Like yeah. The Gophers are just they yeah. they're wrecking people. Yeah. They're house of fire. Yeah. So all right. Well that should I do it for this. Guess, I also don't want the rematch with BU either, honestly. I there's I've seen that float around a couple of oh, times. Oh, you're gonna oh. all right, all right. Before he's we gonna, go, he's no, 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 not before we go. I th- I'm gonna try to challenge myself, and we're gonna try to get this done before the outro. All right, before the outro right. is done. All right. All right. Can, we, can we can we make that? Can we try to do that? We'll see what happens. You're <laughs> I ready? believe in Hold you, man. Let me let me make my hole. <laughs> One minute remaining in the podcast. <laughs> Was he, are you actually gonna shotgun it? All right. All yeah. right. Cool. Good man. Good man. Ready? Downtown. Yeah. Go. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guys. <gasps> good, good work there, Matt. Patrons at the Thank white you. level for just $2 a month uh, get question <laughs> priority and access to our Zoom chats, which we need to have some more, uh, and access to our instat heavy analytical articles, uh, which we're not really doing yet that way. So maybe next year we'll do it that way. But thanks to, uh, Livonia Technical Services to make it free to everybody to read all that stuff regularly. At least when Instat actually does Instat. Did we ever get Saturday Mankato data posted? No, that's why there's no analytics article, which is sad because Last it would have been a fun one. I would have loved to have seen what Augie had to say about it. But... Yeah. Uh, patrons at the Black Lover above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. That's five bucks a month. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to our unfiltered YouTube video for just $10 a month, which we post every week, usually the morning after the podcast. And then so we've got Matt uh, Chuck more beers. Yeah. Matt Chuck more beers. We might put that one on Instagram. <laughs> what do we oh, push a that's, reel for that? That's uh, a pretty good one. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at chasing MacPod or at tech hockey guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, listening on Spotify gives us the most money. If you if you have a if you don't have a preference, so check that out. Uh, if you can't find a podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. 
uh, this year and going forward, Dustin will read any review of a five-star rating that you leave on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we haven't had one of those in a couple weeks anyway, but we did get one not too long ago. It's nice to get uh, the first one in like a year, though. Yeah. Once that again, isn't from Biddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to, your, to our sponsor, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Livonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for reading, uh, recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McResin, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. And finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha vermont 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 boston boston maine maine new hanser new hanser western michigan western michigan connecticut connecticut harvard vermont massachusetts 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 massachusetts